Welcome to the Bite of D&D podcast, where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Zach, your host, and my co-host to my right is Micah. Hey. And today we are going to be talking about lycanthropes. These are humanoids who, through magic, have taken on characteristics of a beast. Uh, this can be from a bite, a curse, a blessing, or really any other magical means. You can find them in the Monster Manual, uh, page 206 through 211, where you'll find the Werebear, Werebore, Were-Rat, Were-Tiger, Were-Wolf, and if you start diving into the other adventures... Were-whatever-you-want. Exactly. Were-sharks, Were-bats, <laughs> Were-cats, Were-crocodiles. Any animal in the game, you could turn into a Were-something if you want. So these are really good guidelines, um, and I think... Uh, as we get into this, hopefully we can tear away the preconceptions about werewolves, lycanthropes, stuff like that in general, because they're a lot more fleshed out in D&D than from your traditional mythos, I guess. Absolutely. So let's start with just an overview of lycanthropes. What, do we, what are the bullet points for them um, as a monster? Uh, I mean... I feel like the obvious big one is these guys are going to be uh, pretty much immune to anything that is not silvered or magical as far as damage goes. Um, so, especially for a lower level party, these guys are going to be terrifying. Um, the other important thing, and kind of going along with that, breaking down those preconceptions, is that not all of them are evil. Uh, a were-tiger, were-tiger, for example, is neutral. A were-bear is neutral good. And a were Tigger would be like what? A chaotic good okay. Okay. as he bounces around and okay. causes destruction in his merriment. Okay. So the other thing is these guys are not just transforming under the full moon. Uh, that is when they kind of those that are trying to kind of maintain their humanity. That is when they are kind of overpowered and it, the curse overcomes them. But they can transform through their different forms at yeah. will. And they actually have three forms in mm-hmm. D&D. It's not just the one or even just two. Um, I think that's something different that makes the D&D werewolves and everything else unique, is that they have their hybrid form, which is what you're typically thinking of when you're thinking about a werewolf. And you have the wolf form, which is a basic animal. And then you have a regular old plain Jane human or whatever race you happen to be at base. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really cool option that you have all three at your disposal as a DM to kind of... Well, and it, it also makes them, I feel like, far more valuable as NPCs because they actually have some depth to them. Um, you can also explore several different concepts than maybe you couldn't if they were just your, your typical uh, werewolf, were-monster. Um, whereas they they can appear just as any other human. You could somehow come into contact with with one in your campaign and not even know it, maybe even befriend them, be working with them, uh, something. Absolutely. Uh, the, the other bullet, the only other bullet that I would mention is that um, even though these are more than just a curse by moonlight sort of creatures, they do carry this disease in them typically. I mean, unless you're mm-hmm. going to change it up for it, your homebrew world. But. Yeah, it can still be spread like you would normally expect it to through through bites, wounds. And PCs can, can, can contract this disease, which is definitely something that you want to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let's talk about, if you want to, just some ideas for how could a DM bring these lycanthropes into their world without just being like, there's a werewolf terrorizing a village. Like, how's, <laughs> how, what's some unique ways that people want, might like take a step back and be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of them that way. Um, well, one, I kind of like the idea of, again, because these guys aren't all necessarily evil, um, or maybe you're you're running an evil campaign and maybe you, you kind of like that side of things. But um, I feel like it could be offered as a gift from this person that you've gotten a job from. So um, maybe uh, he's been hunted down. Maybe he thinks that uh, he's trying to convince you that he's not such a bad guy and he needs help dealing with this situation, either convincing these villagers that uh, he means them no harm, that he wants to help, maybe help protect the village, or uh, maybe he's being hunted because he did kill a bunch of people and he wants you to take care of that problem so he can get them off his trail. And either way, um, one, you've got a more interesting character than just a, a slobbering monster. And two, uh, it's a way you could potentially maybe introduce it to your players, um, and he could offer to to share this blessing That's with what them. Call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another idea might be like if you had uh, try try to grab some of those variants, like a were tiger, and have like a community of them up in the mountains, and maybe I mean were tigers are I think neutral good, or maybe just neutral, they're neutral, true neutral, neutral, yeah. yeah. Maybe have them needing assistance protecting their village from something like uh, hill giants or something like that. Like, give, make them the obvious victim or the obvious good force in an area, and then have your players have to deal with that sort of uh, mindset of like, I've been told that these are always scary creatures, and this like idea of disease is horrifying, and I don't know if I want it. And then they go and they find this very like, monastic village up in the mountains of these weird mm -hmm. tigers and it just shatters all their preconceived notions that could be really interesting yeah i think another one that i think would be cool is um maybe you've been working with this enclave of druids uh maybe you're trying to become a druid yourself and it turns out that they're not druids at all and uh so this thing that you've been working towards, you find out, is is actually lycanthropy. That would be interesting. Uh, and then from more of a the more violent side of things, if 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 you wanted like to see it that way, um, I think that uh, a group that has instead of being ashamed or hiding the curse has like embraced it would be interesting. Like where shark pirates, like hey, they have the curse but they've seen it as like you said a blessing that that has allowed them to more efficiently raid pillage and terrorize the coastal regions because yeah they, they still sell sail on boats but they can dive into the water and just pick off people there i mean it's just it, it could be a whole lot of fun and and add some just some ridiculous flavor and intensity to to i mean Pirates are cool enough themselves, but if you, you have you if you have were shark pirates, yeah. I'm sold. I'll play that game absolutely anytime. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that curse. Let's talk about what. I mean, how many times have you seen a werewolf in your games that you've played or DM'd? We actually don't have them pop up yeah. very often. Um, I I don't think there's a specific reason to it, but we have not used them uh, very frequently at all. Okay. Well, let me pitch to you a couple of 
thoughts that I have about maybe why, because I'm in the same boat as you, uh, I don't see them pop up that often. And I ask myself, why? Because they're really cool. And you look them up in the book, and they've got six pages. That's like almost more than any other creature in the Monster Manual dedicated to these guys. And yet we don't see them popping up in games that often. And so how can we... Why is that? Um, I, I feel like part of it is people are scared of trying to manage what happens when people are attacked by I one. think that's 100% why. Now, before we dive into that, let me pose the other option. They are relatively low CR for the most part. I think that they hover around 2 or 3. Um, I think we're at CR2, Werewolf, CR3. And for a lo- relatively low CR, but they have an ability, this bite, this disease, requires a third level spell to get rid of, remove disease, or remove curse. Remove curse um, yeah. If And my thought is that maybe DMs hesitate to lay that on a player. If they can't If they can't heal it. And then once they are high enough level to manage it, it's like, what's the point? There's no danger. Yeah, and... This is a little bit off topic, but I, I, I feel like that's unfortunately the way it is with several of the, the things in 5e right now, like cursed weapons and stuff like that, is that once you get to the higher levels, it's so easy for them to just snap their fingers and get rid of it. Yeah, that. so let's go back, though, and talk about what you mentioned, which is the idea of, do I want, as a DM, to introduce this curse that I then have to manage if people contact it? Yeah, we uh, before we started uh, recording, we were kind of throwing ideas back and forth, and I, I thought it was kind of funny because uh, we were both hitting on the same things. I really like the idea of trying to bring back uh, or, or bring in some templates. You, you saw that you saw a lot more templates yeah. in like three point five Pathfinder stuff like that, but it allows you to bring in this curse. It allows you to put it on your players or allows them to kind of more embrace it for their their characters without you having to fully reconstruct things. And then if the the curse is lifted, uh, you can just remove that template. Yeah, there's a really interesting element. Uh, If you don't know what we're talking about, on page um, 207 of the Monster Manual, there is a whole segment on what happens to your character if it contracts uh, lycanthropy. And that right there should almost be a goldmine for you because it's an idea of what we're talking about here is over templates. Something that you take and put on top of your already existing character. Um, and that is fascinating because you don't see that very often. And I think that it offers a lot of possibility. Now, it is something difficult because what you end up doing, and this is kind of a word of warning, caution ahead for, for DMs, is that these over templates can create powerful characters. Yeah, it can potentially, which is why you. I think you have to balance it with, especially with something like uh, lycanthropy. You have to balance it with the negatives. You you have to have the moon cycle affect them. You need, which is, is why again I think people tend to avoid it is because it adds more work on the DM's part to keep track of, uh, without kind of derailing the game or making one character too much of the spotlight in the game, things like that. But if that's the type of game that you're looking to play, if, that's the, if, you're, if you're confident in your ability as a dungeon master and also you want that in your game, this idea of over-templates takes you know, the, the, the list of races and class options and, and doubles it, triples it, quadruples it, however much you want to incorporate all these other things. And we're not just talking about where, whatever. We're talking about anything. I mean, you could easily make a vampiric mm-hmm. uh, touch that completely can change a character, but it can still be a human fighter 
but now he has a vampiric over template, mm-hmm. which is super cool. I think that it's something I would like to see a lot more. And a template uh, does not require a whole lot of work to prepare. Uh, the the no. preparation is all in how do you manage it within your story. But the, the template itself, uh, these are actually very easy to throw on and use within your games. Absolutely. Another one, I mean, you should really just explore the monster manual, explore your own homebrew worlds or whatever you're building. Um, there's gonna you're, there's opportunities for these over templates everywhere if you know where to look. Um, the other one that comes to mind is uh, Mind Flayers. Because uh, if you don't know what a Mind Flayer does to get more Mind Flayers, it plants basically a little leech seed in somebody. And they slowly, over the course of a few weeks, turn into a Mind Flayer. Um, that's how they repopulate. And so you, and they're called Ceramorphs, I think. So you have a cool idea there if you want of a player that is in the Ceramorph stage, and you could extend it out so it's not just two weeks or whatever, but you could, you could make it long. Um, maybe there's something inside the character, magical or whatnot, that prolongs that process. But um, you could have a, a, a elven Ceramorph that is has these features of a Mind Flayer starting to crop up. That could be some really cool stuff. Add some really small... I think the key here is small, minor... Yeah ability changes or adds or uh, give them access to um, spells or something that normally wouldn't be in their uh, the books they have access to things like if it's appropriate the other thing you have to be aware of is something like that I think especially with like if you did something with the mind flare that does not always lead to the player being able to keep their character if that process were to complete they probably will need to hand their character sheet over and roll something else. Yeah, that's always, especially with something like a Mind Flayer or a Vampire, where there is an end goal as opposed to a werewolf, that that kind of is the end goal, is you have to determine, am I going to let my player become a vampire? Because that's a high-level thing. You you definitely don't want them turning into a monster manual vampire with all of that craziness. And we're getting away from werewolves a little bit here and whatever, but I think it's interesting. The the nice thing about lycanthropes is that it is very much within the bounds i feel like of a player there's not anything that totally gets out of their control um and if they want to embrace it they can if they want to to fight it and try to be as good a person as they can despite the urges that this new form puts on them they can and it does not completely change who the character is it 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 augments it uh, but it is not a a total change compared to some of the other options out there, like uh, like Lich, for instance, and stuff yeah. like that. And I would suggest, if you do have this come up in your game, to where if a character gets bitten, maybe talk with that character, talk with the party after the fact and say, hey, I know your go-to is going to be to just grab a remove curse and be done with it, but for the story's perspective... Could we, you know, are you interested in, in, in approaching this from another angle? Maybe we ignore or, or just flavor it to say that it won't work or something. But focus more on the story aspect of this bite and don't get caught up in the rules, even though, I mean, definitely the rules are there. The, the other thing I like is that um, if uh, where we're at specifically, because that one's really easy to do. Yeah. If uh, they have swarms of rats kind of 
with them to kind of do their bidding, uh, stuff like that, is those swarms of rats may carry the disease and it may not be as apparent that they have contracted this. Yeah. And that way it can play its natural course without them immediately working to uh, expunge it. Yeah, however it is, just try to keep the story that you're telling and that the players are telling in mind and don't, if you can, if the if the group is willing to try to avoid just the easy way out of every scenario as far as this goes. I think that's going to make this monster a whole lot more enjoyable. It's a really cool thing just to have them fight, but they're going to get bitten. Some of those times they're going to contract the disease, they're going to fail their save, and use that as an opportunity to add story, add depth, and, and avoid the trap, especially if you're a player, avoid the trap of just a knee-jerk remove curse and go on. That's not how it would play out in a, in a, in a great story. Yeah. I think that's going to be it for today, unless you have anything else you want to add? No, I think uh, that's about it. I, I think if we go into more of this, we'll, we'll start bunny trailing off into the, the other cool stuff that you can do with... Uh, similar style monsters that provide story opportunities like that so and we thank you guys so much for listening please check us out next week uh for our next episode see you